pray. So, Father, we just thank you for your grace. Lord, I just thank you, um, Jesus, how much you love us. Lord, I thank you for how much you love Leah. Lord, I just pray for um, your grace to engulf her right now, Lord, and I thank you that you are a powerful God and that you um, that you speak clearly. And I just pray that, um, that you would um, give Leah your boldness to speak your truth to us, Lord. I pray for us that are hearing. Lord, I pray that you open our ears and our hearts to hear um, what you would have to um, say to us, Lord, um, individually and corporately. And I just thank you, Jesus, for this privilege. Amen. So now I cry before I even start. It's like... Just so you guys know, you are like my training ground. I've decided this week, it doesn't matter. No, I'm going to actually do something different, and I'm going to, like, hold on to it. Because it doesn't matter, because... Oh, thank you. Because you are family. And with family, we get to try different things, and we get to um, succeed, and we get to fail in things, and it's okay. Because we love each other, right? So... I have to blow my nose before I start because I'm an idiot. All right, I'm going to turn around for a minute. <laughs> what I do at work so people can't see me going in the Right, Elaine? Okay. So I, I should never really be surprised um, of how God works. Like, really, uh, but he, I'm always surprised. I, he always surprises me. But the reality is, I really don't know why I am surprised how God works, because God is God. And Dwayne and I, before we, before, I always want to, like, read to him and say, Dwayne, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And he's like, nope, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to influence anything between you and God, I don't want to hear what it is that you have to say. I just want you to work it out with God. And um, so what's so interesting is I really, today when he got up here and started to talk, I thought, well, why don't you just keep going? Like, did you read my notes? Like, last night at 2 in the morning while I'm sitting on the bed and I'm reading out loud and trying to time and trying to see if I make it within the scope of what I'm supposed to be in? He's hearing everything. God is everything. And he's just said basically every single thing that I was going to say, which is really interesting. Let's go home. So good morning. So I've titled, it's interesting again. I know I'm talk, talk, talk. Whenever I speak, I get an email typically saying, could you title your message? What's the title of your message? And I always think, what's the title of my message? This is enough just to get a message, and now you want me to title the message. And I never send it to them because I'm like, I don't know what the title is. I have a title, and nobody asked me for a title. I just find it hilarious. So the title of my message is, Does Our Faith Match Our Actions? Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to just take a minute to think if these characteristics of who Jesus is, are they important for you 
to be displaying them in your lives. So do you believe as a believer that it's important to represent Jesus in a humble and teachable way? Do you believe that it's important to represent Jesus in a spirit of gentleness, kindness, patient, tolerance, not proud or conceited? Do you think it's important to show to the world through Jesus what forgiveness and mercy looks like? Is that important to you? Is it important for us to represent who Jesus is with pure motives, with a pure heart? And do we really believe that's important for us to represent Jesus by loving people so that we can live together in peace? And is it really, really important to you that you understand that you've come into a place where it's really within your spirit that you understand what the principles of God are? Because what I really believe is that what is really, really, really important to us, what is really valuable to us, what we take that we can do in our lives that we don't even really think about it. Those are things that will be displayed for people to see. Those are things where people will be able to look at your life and they'll be able to say, wow, that person really does believe in Jesus. That person really does believe that forgiveness is really for everybody and that mercy really is for everybody. Or there could be people that look at our lives and say, wow, Leah, she, she says she's a Christian, but man, oh man, her words do not line up with her actions. I don't want to have anything to do with that God she talks about. So again, God is, it's the interesting part is that over the last while, while I've been studying, and you know that cliche thing, they say the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you're like him. It's actually really true. And God has been placing on my heart a lot about my family. And you guys are here just really with with me, and I'm sharing with you right now what I'm wrestling with. And that's really the truth. You're just on a journey with me right now over this last little while what I've been wrestling with. And I've been wrestling with my family, my friends, the people around me, what's important. I've been really thinking about heaven, and I have been really thinking about hell. And I've been thinking, what, how am I representing Jesus to the people that I love the most? How am I representing Jesus to them? You see, there was an, an accident that happened yesterday on the BC ferries about this girl. I don't know if anybody of you have heard about it. Where the door, long story, came, something happened. This worker on the ferries got caught under the door. A whole bunch of people had to come and get her out um, from under the door. It was basically a matter of life and death. And that um, young girl was my sister. So yesterday, I'm thinking, God, you've been placing on my heart, my family, and here in front of me, She could have died.
So they took her to Lionsgate. She went to the hospital. She has a broken knee, broken elbow, lacerations, cuts, all sorts of stuff. Very traumatic for people watching this happen. It was not good. She goes home. I get a phone call this morning that they have called the ambulance. She lives in Nanaimo. Her daughter went and got her. She went back to Nanaimo. This morning she woke up, and there was definitely something going on with her. They called the ambulance and took her back to the hospital. So there's reasons why God places things on our hearts. There's reasons why. So I really feel like the Holy Spirit has been saying to me, what is really important to you? See, I talk a lot about prayer. I talk a lot about the healing ministry. I talk a lot about how great God is. I talk, I talk, I talk. And over the last while, I feel like the Lord keeps saying to me, Leah, talk is cheap. I have put you in a position where you can actually be with people and create a prayer ministry, a healing ministry, but honestly, you've done nothing. Two years of thinking, oh, well, you know, I couldn't do this or somebody else has done that because it takes action. It's not just about talking. It's about doing. And then God reminded me about how many times have I ever said, I just want revival on Salt Spring Island. I bet you know everybody here would say, yes, we do. And everybody here would be like, yeah, we want to see people get to know who Jesus really is, have a real encounter with the living God so their life is changed and it's for eternity. I don't think anybody here would say no. But you see, anything that I've read, any time that I've spent with the Holy Spirit, anything that I've watched, and I could be wrong, but it... What I've seen is it takes prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. And sometimes it can take literally years for people who are dedicated for a move of the Spirit to happen. So it's not just about talking about revival. It's about actually stepping out and doing something. And I don't know about you, but I really like to go home I really like to get into some fuzzy pajamas. I really like to, maybe later on, not right away, pour myself a nice glass of red wine. I really like to eat ice cream. I'm a great multitasker. I can watch TV and play on my phone really well. But you see, in order for things to happen sometimes, God might call us, to step out of some comfort that we're feeling. He might ask us to maybe one night a week or whatever it may be, do something that he's calling you to do. What is he calling you to do where you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting? Because he's calling you to make a move, make a step, maybe come out of your comfort zone. Because if we believe that our actions matter, then it's really going to believe that we absolutely understand the character of who Jesus is. It's not about talking about the character. It's about doing. 
So we're going to turn to Matthew 5, 13 through 12. Now, before we get going, I understand that this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and this is like a huge, huge, huge teaching. And I've spent a lot of time, like, studying. I feel like this time has been, I've been really interested in all sorts of stuff about this. And there's so much about this. This is actually, and it's famous, right? It's like, you know, all over, people know about this. But what I've really come to understand is there is something so powerful in this. There is something that it's not just what Jesus is saying, but there are blessings. And there is like this sweetness that when we really understand this, there's a sweetness that comes on our life. I think that is, from what I can grasp, that is far more than what I could stand here and even explain to you. So let's go to there. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, Jesus is not just saying, this is a really good word, but it is really a good word. But what he is saying is that he is giving you an example. If you actually are calling yourself a spirit-filled, born-again believer, these will be things that will be present and obvious that you are displaying in your life. They will be there. They will have to be there. So... When Air Canada loses my bag for four days, I need to be representing Jesus in the best possible way that I can. And the only way that I can represent him in the way that he's really calling me to represent him is to understand that his spirit is alive and well inside me and that I have access to everything that he has, and that I can understand it, I can wrestle with it, and then I can give it away. And I can only do that if I understand what it is. So the person at Mazda, when they're driving me crazy, I am representing who Jesus is. And maybe I'm the only person in their life that maybe might be representing who Jesus is. I don't know. Because if we are going to offer the world something, it cannot look like what the world is offering them right now. It has to be radically different. It has to be a supernatural move of the Spirit in our lives. It cannot just be what it looks like, how everybody else looks like. We have to understand that in order for us to be able to give it away. 
It has to be true in our lives. I can't give something that I don't have. And so for me, I'm like, I really need to get this. Like, God, I really need to get this. Because there are people who agitate me and drive me crazy. And it doesn't mean that we can't be real. It doesn't mean I can't say people are really, really agitating me and driving me crazy. But I need to approach it with a Christ-like attitude, with mercy, with forgiveness. Why not give somebody the benefit of the doubt? Why not? Why not just assume that you're wrong? Why not assume maybe they're right? They're telling the truth. I have to figure that one out. And he's not saying that we get to pick and choose from the list here. He's not saying, oh, well, if you just feel like doing this, you get to do this. And, oh, well, I don't really feel like doing that today. I'm going to choose this one today. He's saying, no way. He's saying, these will be found. These attitudes will be found. These actions will be played out. It's not whether I feel like it or not. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. And every time I look at this scripture, there is one thing that I just keep hearing and hearing and hearing in my head, and it is, die to self, Leah. Die to self, Leah. Die to self, Leah. Over and over and over again. Now, I think... That family, our family, should be our battleground. It should be our place where we take this and put it into practice. Because honestly, I believe family is probably the hardest place to, to actually work this in. They're the place where people agitate you and rub you and know how to push your buttons. So I think your wife, your husband, your mom, your dad, your brothers, your sisters, I say go after them. That's my, I really, I'm like, they're the hardest. So, like, why start at the easy? Let's go for the hard. Let's present to them. What does it look like? So, while I was doing this study, I became really, really aware and clear of what I say and what I do. So Dwayne had an exam over in Victoria that he had to do, and it was a three-day exam where there was a pass or fail. You take a test, you pass, you fail. Amazing. So I went over to Victoria with him, and I hung out with him, and on the last day, I had to be out of the... uh, And I was studying this. And on the last day, I had to get out of the hotel room at noon, and he was finished at 3, and I wasn't feeling well, so I thought, I'm just going to drive to where he's at, because I know where he is, and I'm just going to sit there. I can study this. i got a blanket. That's no big deal. So I go there, and I sit there, and I can see him in the thing, and I, he's pacing and pacing. And on the way there, he said to me, I'm really nervous about taking this test. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. said a little nice little prayer. Away we go. So I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, well, I'm just going to text him and let him know that I'm just sitting outside. So I text him, and bling, right beside me, there's the noise. I'm like, that's odd. Bling, he forgot his phone. It's like in the car beside me. 
So I'm thinking, okay, God, let him see me. Just, I want him to know that I'm here. So he did eventually see me. So he comes outside. He's like, oh, did you notice that I left my car in the phone? I think he thought I was coming to bring him his phone. Did you? I wasn't. Because I didn't know it was there until I texted you. And I was sitting right out there. So he comes out and he takes his phone and he looks at me and he said, you know, I am really, really nervous. I'm really nervous about passing this exam. And I said, oh, don't worry. You're smart. You know, you'll pass it. It's okay. And in he goes. So he goes in and I just continue to study. All of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is and pray for that guy while you're sitting out in the car. Like, maybe you should intercede for him. And then I'm like, okay, God, I don't want this to be like some religious thing where I'm just going to sit there and go, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, let him pass, let him pass for the three hours that I'm sitting in the car. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I want to intercede I want to put my money where my mouth is. But God, I want you to prompt me when there's a need for me to press in hard. I'm going to have him. He's going to be in my mind. I'm going to be. But when he really is stuck or there's something going on, I want you to prompt me so that I can then really press in and pray for him. And so that's what I did. And he passed. Now, Thanksgiving comes along, and I'm having turkey at my house, and I happen to have a family member who, for whatever reason, over the last few years, has decided not to come to any family gatherings. He's fine, you know, out and whatever, and I've tried and tried and tried um, over and over again, because it's important to me. It's important that we all get together. So when I saw him just a little bit before Thanksgiving, and I said, hey, we're having Thanksgiving dinner at my house. I really want you to come. I love you. And he just started going on and on and on and on. And I said, hey, stop it. I said, fine. You don't want to come? Don't worry about it. Consider yourself not invited. And he said, oh, okay. And I gave him a hug and kept going. And that night, I'm at the table And I'm thinking and I'm saying it out loud. And all of a sudden, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, which honestly, I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit is alive and well inside me and that he is looking after what I do and he cares about me. And so his conviction is welcome any time in my life. And so I phoned him up and I said, hey, he wasn't there. It was his girlfriend. And I said, hey, You know, I just want you guys to know that you're invited for Thanksgiving. It would really mean a lot if you came. And and I left it at that. So now we're going to look at Matthew 5, verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I have to say, I really honestly was going to 
find some other thing to go next to this. But God was like, no, Leah, it's important. This part of the verse is very important after God is telling you how you're going to look. It's important. What he has to say is important. Now, I'm going to be really honest here and say that scripture really sounds churchy to me. It really sounds like you're the salt of the earth and it sounds like cookie cutter and and I've I've had people make comments about oh what flavor of the week are the Christians going to be and so there's like this negative aspect to it which isn't what God's intent is so I actually had to figure out you know get over this agitation and actually figure out why and what this really means so that I could put something else inside my spirit besides that. Does any, do you understand what I mean? So I decided I needed to do a little study on salt. Yankee doodle dandy. Have you ever done a study about salt in the Bible? It's like it goes on and on and on. It's like a really big deal. It's not cookie cutter. It's like a big deal. So this is what I've learned about it. And again, this is probably one of many things. But this is what God really spoke to me about salt. So what I learned was that in the first century, in the Middle East, salt was actually crucial for survival. Pure salt was crucial for people to live Because back then they had lack of refrigeration. And so they would take salt and they would preserve their meat so their meat would last so people could live. And the other thing that I really felt like God was impressing upon me was that it's not like people would come up and say, here, have a cup of salt, take it home. Here, have a cup of salt, take it home. You have a cup and you have a cup. Back then... People were like in communities. They were in tribal. They were like in families. And so what I saw was like this salt was affecting whole people groups. Whole people groups. Not just like, yes, it does affect individual, but it was whole people groups. And not only that, but it was so valuable and so precious that people used it as currency. And so what they would do also, because people who were selling it were wanting to make a lot of money, and I read that certain places around the Dead Sea, I don't, this is what I read, that there are deposits and places around there that look like salt, but isn't really salt. And so people would go and they would get it and they would take pure salt but they would cut it with all this other junk and then they would sell it to people as pure salt and people would take it back to their homes, their tribes, their communities and think that they are preserving the meat, preserving life for their families only to find out that it rots and it spoils and possibly could lead to death. So now when I think of salt, I'm like, I've got a whole different spot in my life. 
So when Jesus says that we are the salt, he is saying it absolutely, crucially, absolutely matters how we represent him. He is saying that he is giving us the opportunity, the privilege to preserve him, to preserve all the words that he say, to preserve the character of who he is, to preserve the nature of who he is, to preserve every single thing about him that we have that privilege to be able to take that in, to understand it, and be able to give it back to people. But he also says, don't dilute me. Don't take my truth and mix it in with a bunch of new age stuff and present it to somebody as the truth. Don't take my truth, the pureness of who I am, and mix in other religions and then give it to somebody as the truth. Don't take the pureness of who he is, the supernatural aspects of everything about Jesus, and present them to somebody in a way that's diluted because it makes us feel more comfortable. Or we dabble in something and then we pretend like it's really Jesus because it makes us feel comfortable. Because what he is saying is that when you do that, it becomes tasteless, where it's going to be thrown on the ground for men to trample on. Because you see, Jesus wasn't giving us a lesson in salt, a chemistry lesson. But the other thing that I realized that was really amazing is that pure salt does not lose its taste. It doesn't lose its taste. So when we're representing who Jesus is, he doesn't waver. He doesn't change. He's exactly who he is. So now I want to just, this next part, if you get anything from it, awesome. This is just me trying to sort something out with a fact of how when I look at salt, it just seems so cookie cutter of, you know, I remember when I started going to church, you know, you want to look like church, be like church, speak the right words of church, dress like church, I got to fit in. And so I was, I actually said to Jesus, how does this look? Like, how does this look? How is this displayed? And so I actually asked him if I could use the flavored salt from Thrifties for popcorn. I said, God, is it like the, pulp, the, the, the salt in Thrifties, you know how you can buy, like, cheddar salt, and you can buy barbecued salt, and you can put it on your popcorn. Does anybody know what I mean? And I specifically thought that Michelle should have the dill pickle salt, because we know how much she loves dill pickles. And God really clearly said to me, nope, you can't do that. Because you're taking something that's pure, and you're just adding a flavor to it. You can't do that. You can't take something that's pure and add something to it and call it salt. So then I asked him, okay, how does that look in our lives? How does this look so it's not this paper-cutter Christian sort of way? And what I felt he said to me is that, Leah, I've given you guys everything, everything. 
You have to be hungry to go after who I am. It's your responsibility. I've given you the living spirit inside you. Do you believe it? You get to go after it. There's no, nothing we lack. As soon as you become a Christian, the spirit is within you. You have access to everything, but we have to go after it. We have to go after it. And so I said to him, well, what does it look like then? And I felt like he said, it's the way we distribute the salt. So we all have the salt, but it's the way we distribute it. For instance, these are, this is the picture he gave me. Some people, it's pure, right? We're talking about pure salt. We're not talking about it's the pureness of who Jesus is, right? And the more we understand that, the more we can give it away And it's all on how we distribute it. That is not cookie cutter. The pureness is, it is what it is. There is no moving on that. It is solid, it is foundational, and it is not going to budge. But the thing, the part that we are also playing in this is that how we distribute it, how I give it away to you, how I give it away, give it away, give it away now. That just came. How we give it away is the part that we get to play in. So these are the pictures that he gave me. So on here, I felt like he said, Leah, some people, they take their salt and they just put it right here, right? It's just right here. Because maybe that's how somebody needs to receive it, just like that. And then maybe somebody's going to like trail it all over here. And then I saw somebody like throwing it up like this. And then I saw like crazy people that are like scattering it all. I mean, it's just like all over. They're just taking. And there was somebody who had it like all here and they were just like pouring it out, pouring it out. They were just sucking in everything about who Jesus is. They had revelation. They had encounters with him and they were just like pouring it out. And so Jesus said, it's not... mixing it. But I've given each of us personalities and we're all different and we all have different people in our groups. Our families look different. So we don't ever mess with the purity of who God is, but we have the privilege to be able to distribute it in ways that we shouldn't judge because how I distribute it is probably fully different. But the really, really important part is that as we throw it and we give it away, we are throwing away the pureness of who he is. Not mixed in, not muddled up. But it's the pureness. And we need to understand and go after what that means and what that looks like so that we can represent him in a supernatural way, to a world where they are dying for hope. They are dying for life. They are dying, literally dying. Like, you could go on and on and on about the things that are going on in the world, but we have the privilege, if we take the time to figure out what that really means... To not just talk about it, 
but to walk it out and to display what that is. So now what I want us to do is, at the beginning I said, do you believe that this is something that we need to display in our life? So I'm going to read it again out of the Passion Translation. And this time, I want everybody to say, I have this. I am powerful. This is a part that's in my life. I believe it. We are important. Jesus is saying, don't lose your faith. You can do it. I've given it to you. I've deposited in you. Do you believe it? Will you go after it? Will you give it away? Because people are like really needing it. My family is really needing it. And they don't just rub shoulders with me. They rub shoulders with a lot of you guys too. So when I read this, I really want you to understand how vitally important you are and how much you matter and how much God loves you and how powerful you are. Love when it's hard to love. Give mercy when it's hard to give mercy. It's easy to show the great attributes of who Jesus is when somebody brings me flowers and says how much they love me. But when somebody is like talking trash, it's not so easy. But I actually really believe that this is the part that I'm just, I want to get this so badly. But I believe that if we really get it, like, I mean, really get it, have encounters with Jesus where he can speak and talk and display. You see, all the things that we go through in life, all the wrestling that we do, all the things that are yucky, all the joyful things, all the everything, every time we wrestle with Jesus, wrestle with Jesus, we need to understand that is powerful. That is powerful. That is a part of who God has created us to be. And that's a part of how we are giving it away. Because now I can be to somebody, I have empathy for you. I understand. Jesus met me right here, right at that time. He is real. Don't waste all the things that you've had to go through to get to where you are right now. Use them. Use them. Okay, what happiness comes to you when you feel your spiritual poverty? For theirs is the realm of heaven's kingdom. What delight comes to you when you wait upon the Lord? For you will find what you're looking for. What blessing comes to you When gentleness lives in you, for you will inherit the earth. How enriched you are when you crave righteousness, for you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. 
how satisfied you are when you demonstrate tender mercy. For tender mercy will be demonstrated to you. What bliss you experience when your heart is pure. For then your eyes will open to see more and more and more of God. How joyful you are when you are a peacemaker. For then you will be recognized as a true child of God. How enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right. For that is when you experience the realm of heaven. How ecstatic you can be when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. So leap for joy, since your heavenly reward is great, for you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. So really, God just wants you to know that you are really actually just supernaturally, uniquely made. Just the way you are. And he just wants you to fill yourself with his spirit, fill yourself with his truth. It's going to impact your life. There are blessings. There's this enrichness that happens, and then it just easily just oozes off of you. Now, we get to be authentic to who we are. I still get to be me. I still get to be crazy me sometimes, sad me sometimes, not so great sometimes. I still get to totally be me. But I got all this in me. God's not telling us not to be who you've created to be, that we all just have to be like this. No. Noni, you get to be who you are, and with all this in it. Okay, so I'm just going to pray. So, thank you. We have people who are going to come up and um, pray after. And so I would just really encourage you. Number one, if you've never given your life to Christ, I would encourage you to come up to the front and give your life to Christ. You'll never, it's, it would be hard, but that so surpasses anything that life is looking for you. And really, honestly, like Pastor Micah says, this altar is always open. We don't have to be like everybody else. You want to come up here, you want to kneel, you want to spend time with the Holy Spirit, you want him to work and reveal or do something to your life, come and do it. Come and do it. You are loved. You can do it. You are powerful. Okay, so let's just pray.
God, I just thank you that you have created each one of us to be who we are. That you have placed and deposited the pureness of who you are by your spirit in our lives. That we have full access to. That we have full capability of going after and figuring out who you are. Lord, I just pray that you would bless every single person sitting out here right now. God, I just pray by your Holy Spirit that you would stir in their hearts and stir in their spirits what you're all about. The supernatural aspect of who you are, Jesus. That it's okay to be on fire for you and to look maybe silly or maybe not. But it still means that you're on fire. That we take away all these preconceived ideas, God, and that we just allow each and every one of us to flow in the natural way that you have called us to be. That we have grace for each other. God, let us start within our families, our husbands, our wives, our children, our parents, our siblings, whatever. God, give us a hunger for who you are. Give us a desire to maybe leave some comfort behind. God, I just ask that you would just pour your spirit on every single person on here. God, that your healing would touch every person from the back of the room to the front of the room. God, you are a God who heals. God, we love you. And we thank you that we can come to you time and time again. And that you love us more than we can ever, 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 ever imagine. So thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.